0: You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always Steven Carr. Today's episode being brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you. Today is Thursday, September 2nd, and we are now just 68 days away from the start of college basketball. Number 68, kind of interesting for Gonzaga. In their NCAA tournament history, Gonzaga is 6-16 and 16 when scoring fewer than 70 points in an NCAA tournament game. But when they score exactly 68 points, they're 2-0. Back in 2016, they beat Seton Hall in the first round of the NCAA tournament, 68-52, to after Eric McClellan held Isaiah Whitehead to 4 of 24 shooting and forced him to call for oxygen while he was on the bench. Two years later, Gonzaga held off a very pesky UNC Greensboro team in the first round of the NCAA tournament, in 2018, 68-64 to 64 after Zach Norvell hit an absolutely enormous three in the final minute of that game to give Gonzaga the win. So there you go. If Gonzaga gets in a grinded-out low-scoring contest in the NCAA tournament, just pray that they score exactly 68 points and they'll probably win it. 2-0 and all-time in the tournament when scoring exactly 68 points. We are changing our plans this week. Uh, There is going to be no show tomorrow. We've pumped out a bunch of content lately, so we're taking tomorrow off. So as an extra treat for you guys, tomorrow is 67 days away from the start of the season. And the number 67 is Zach Collins' two-point field goal percentage in his one and only season at Gonzaga in 2017. Come back on Monday, and I'll tell you what the number 64 has in store as we continue our countdown to yet another Gonzaga basketball season. All right. Today on the show, we are doing our Gonzaga men's basketball mega preview for the 2021-2022 season. Just like the women's team yesterday, we will go through the roster. We'll go through the non-conference schedule. I will talk about who I think may be the toughest test for Gonzaga in that non-conference schedule. And then we'll finish the show with the three biggest storylines coming into the season. But first, since we have no show tomorrow, I'll give you guys a preview of all of the fall sports happening this weekend, Gonzaga men's soccer hits the road for the first road games of the season. They play tonight at 4 o'clock at UC Davis, and they followed that up on Sunday afternoon with a game at Sacramento State. So Gonzaga men's soccer team 0-2, they are in the Bay Area for two games this weekend. The Gonzaga women's soccer team is the opposite. They just played three road games, and they are returning back home. They are now 3-1 and one on the season, and they will host Hawaii tonight at 7 p.m., and they will host Montana Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. And then the women's volleyball team, they have their first home matches of the season. They are 1-2 on the year after going 1-2 at the Stark Vegas Classic at Mississippi State. They have their own Gonzaga Invitational, a four-team round-robin event, taking place at the Martin Center this weekend. They'll take on Seattle Friday night at 6 o'clock. Air Force, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. And then Oklahoma in a big showdown Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. So a lot of different fall sports going on. Men's soccer, women's soccer, women's volleyball. You can always go to the Go Zags website and find all of the stats and streaming links for you. And then one piece of news that came out yesterday, it was officially confirmed by UCLA that the uh, UCLA-Gonzaga matchup on November 23rd will be a 7 p.m. tip time, and the game will be on ESPN. UCLA is going to have the earlier game on that Monday against Bellarmine, which means Gonzaga and Central Michigan is likely going to be an 8 o'clock tip-off from Las Vegas. So uh, those two times, again, Gonzaga-Central Michigan, probably close to an 8 o'clock tip-off on Monday, and then Gonzaga-UCLA Tuesday, November 23rd, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Okay, that's it for the news and notes. Coming up, we are talking Gonzaga men's basketball. We will preview their season starting with the roster, the 12 scholarship players entering the season, and then we'll talk about the non-conference schedule and who the toughest test probably will be for Gonzaga. But first, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. So go to rockauto.com right now. And see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on and there. How did you hear about us? box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, let's get into it. Gonzaga enters the 2021 2022 season as the preseason number one in most people's minds, just like they entered last season as the preseason number one. Last year, of course, they went wire to wire as the number one team in the AP poll before losing in the national championship. So I'll talk about the roster first, and I'm going to do the same thing that I did with the women's team yesterday. It's possible some of these players use their COVID redshirt essentially, and stay as the season that they played prior. So it's possible that, let's say, Julian Strother wants to stay as a freshman this season. All of that news will come out here in the coming weeks. But for now, I am advancing all of these players except for Ben Gregg because it seems pretty obvious that he is going to stay as a freshman. So here we go. The two point guards on the roster six foot five senior Andrew Nemhard averaged 30 minutes a game last year, 9.2 points, 4.4 assists, shot 48% from the field, had one of the best assist to turnover ratios in the country. Six foot three freshman point guard Nolan Hickman, ranked number 32 in the country. In the 24/7 Sports Composite rankings, three combo guards on the roster. Six foot three senior transfer Rashir Bolton averaged 33 minutes, 15 and a half points, 4.8 rebounds, 3.9 assists. Shot 46% last year at Iowa State. Six foot three sophomore combo guard Dominic Harris averaged 7.2 minutes last year, three points a game, 39% shooting from deep. And six foot five freshman Hunter Salas, ranked 20th in the country in the 247 sports composite rankings. Two true wings on this roster six foot seven sophomore Julian Strather averaged 7.4 minutes last year, 3.4 points, 1.2 rebounds, shot 52% from the field. And six foot seven junior Martinez Arlauskis, played 17 games off the bench last season. Five different forwards. Coming into this season, 6'10", junior Drew Timmy, 28 minutes a game last year, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 65.5% shooting. He is the likely preseason national player of the year. 6'8", junior Anton Watson, averaged 19 minutes a game, 6.9 points, 3.5 rebounds, shot 63% from the field. 6'10", freshman Ben Gregg, played 18 games last year once he became eligible after enrolling early in the winter. And then two true freshmen coming in, 6'9", Caden Perry, who's ranked number 56 overall in the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. And then, of course, the crown jewel, 7'1", freshman Chet Holmgren, the top-ranked prospect in the class of 2021 and a potential top three pick in next year's NBA draft. There are obviously some players in new roles on this roster, and there's going to be some freshmen who need to make an impact right away. Obviously, Chet Holmgren being the biggest one. But what Gonzaga has on this roster is something that nobody else in the country probably comes close to matching. They've got the preseason national player of the year, Drew Timmy, teaming up with the number one freshman in the country in Chet Holmgren, and they're playing with a four-year starting point guard. you absolutely cannot ask for a better one two three punch in college basketball than that. And those three are going to be a real treat to watch this season. All right, so let's get into the non-conference schedule. Gonzaga opens up their season November 9th at home against Dixie State. Last year was Dixie State's first year in Division one Gonzaga actually played them last season. On December 29th, beat them 112-67. to 67. They were ranked number 328 in Ken Palm last year. They're coached by John Judkins, who is the brother of Jeff Judkins. Jeff Judkins is the head coach of BYU women's basketball. Small world. After playing Dixie State on Tuesday, they will host the Texas Longhorns. Saturday, November 13th in what is arguably the biggest game of the entire first week of college basketball season. Probably two top five teams Going at it inside the McCarthy Athletic Center. Texas was a number three seed in the NCAA tournament last year. They finished number 26 in Ken Palm before losing to Abilene Christian in the first round. Shaka Smart out. Chris Beard in, formerly of Texas Tech, and he brings in a bunch of different transfers. Dylan Disu, Christian Bishop, Devin Askew, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, Trey Mitchell. And then he convinced Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey to come back for another season. They've got five double-figure scores in their projected starting lineup. They are going to be a fantastic basketball team, and it is going to be quite the challenge uh, for Gonzaga the first week of the season. They'll then take on Bellerman at home before going to Las Vegas and taking on Central Michigan and then UCLA. Bellerman last year is their first year in Division I. They finished 167th in Ken Palm. Central Michigan finished 281st in Ken Palm. They were 7-16 on the season. And then UCLA, the crown jewel, I think, of the non-conference schedule. It's very possible that these are the number one and number two teams in the preseason polls. It's a rematch of the Final Four game that everybody says is one of the best games in NCAA tournament history. UCLA brings back their entire roster from last season. Plus, they bring in Peyton Watson, who's a top 10 uh, prospect in the freshman class. And they also bring in Rutgers graduate transfer, Miles Johnson, who's one of the best defenders in the Big Ten last year. And he averaged 8.5 rebounds and 2.5 and blocks. So, it kind of a, a rebounding defensive um, big man in the interior, which is something that um, the UCLA really didn't have after a couple of injuries last season. Three days later, they'll take on the Duke Blue Devils, who are a borderline top 10 team entering this season. Is Coach K's final year on the bench at Duke. They return three different role players from a year ago, and then they bring in one of the best freshman classes in the entire country, highlighted by Paulo Bancaro, who's ranked number three or number two in the class of 2021, depending on where you look. And Gonzaga was right there with Paulo right until the end. Instead, he's going to Duke, and so we get the Paul Bancaro versus Chet Holmgren showdown uh, the day after Thanksgiving, which is going to be a whole lot of fun for everybody. A week later, they'll take on Alabama in the battle in Seattle. Alabama was a number 2 seed last season. They do lose uh, a lot of talent from that team, but they still return um, some decent players, including uh, Javon Quinterly and Jaden Shackelford. They also bring in J.D. Davison, who is a Top 15 prospect in In the class of 2021, they bring in Charles Bediaco, who's a big man, ranked in the top 40 in this freshman class. And then they also bring in a 15-point-per-game score from Furman named Noah Gurley. So the the cupboard is certainly not bare for the Crimson Tide, but they are closer to a 20th-ranked team than they probably are to a 10th-ranked team. But still a great matchup in Seattle. They'll then host the Washington Huskies, who finished 129th in Ken Palm last year. They were 5-21. But they do have an influx of talent, uh, including Emmett Matthews from West Virginia. Uh, So we'll see what Mike Hopkins can do with a new group of kids over there in Seattle. They'll take on Tarleton State at some point in December. I would imagine there's not a confirmed date for that, but there is some spots open between this Washington game and the Texas Tech game. Tarleton State ranked 261st in the country. Gonzaga was supposed to play them last year. Last year was their first year in Division I. Their head coach is Billy Gillespie. Then they will travel to Phoenix and take on Texas Tech in the Jerry Colangelo Classic. This game is a 10 a.m. tip-off Saturday, December 18th against Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. Chris Beard is out. He's over at Texas. His main assistant, Mark Adams, is now the head coach of the Red Raiders. They finished number 17 in Ken Palm last year. They are a borderline top 25 team entering the season. They got the services of Kevin O'Banner over the offseason. So a borderline top 25 team and it should be another good challenge for Gonzaga. And they will close out their non-conference schedule with games against Northern Arizona and North Alabama. So there is a look at the non-conference schedule. I think for my money, the UCLA game is probably going to be the toughest challenge for Gonzaga. That Texas game is essentially the first major home game back in the McCarthy Athletic Center, assuming there's A packed crowd, it should give Gonzaga a little bit of extra juice. And I'm not sure quite yet what Texas is going to look like with so many new pieces and a new head coach. Uh, Gonzaga could have a little bit of an edge there along with home court advantage. I think they've got just more talent than Duke does this season. Um, The problem with that Duke game is that theres it's basically their third game in five days. So that's kind of tough. Um, if, if Duke gets into a physical, grinded-out battle, maybe they can steal a victory there. But I do think that UCLA game is going to be Gonzaga's toughest game of the season. There's, UCLA's got so many different scores, and I think Miles Johnson is a really, really good piece for them. And If there's any team in America that can kind of match up one versus one against Gonzaga this year, I, I think UCLA is right there, and then possibly Kansas as well. Um, Just based like their top seven is right around as good as Gonzaga's top seven. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I hope it lives up to uh, all the hype. And if it's anywhere near as good as their final four game, we are in for an absolute treat. Okay, coming up to finish the show, we will talk about the three biggest storylines entering the season. Of course, Chad Holmgren is one of them. But what are the other two? We'll talk about them to finish the show here in just a second. But before we do, it's that time of year again and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start their football seasons. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now at Online. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using NFL 100 as your promo code. That's right, promo code NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season it's bet online your online sportsbook experts use promo codes locked on and nfl 100 okay the three biggest storylines entering the gonzaga basketball season number one is something that we've been talking about the entire offseason and everybody has been speculating away for months now how does the rotation shake out Not just what the starting lineup is going to be. Forget about the starting lineup. Who is going to be in the rotation? Does the rotation extend to nine players throughout the season? Do they narrow it down to eight? Do they narrow it down to seven? Who is going to take advantage of their minutes and become part of their main rotation down the stretch of the season? We've talked about this before, but at the one, two, and three spots, assuming Andrew Nemhard plays close to 35 minutes a game. Essentially what you're looking at is 85 minutes spread out for five different players in Nolan Hickman, Rasheer Bolton, Dominic Harris, Hunter Salas, and Julian Strather. Who is going to get the most of those 85 minutes? Does Rasheer Bolton's veteran presence give him the edge? Does Nolan Hickman's ability to be basically the only other pure point guard on the roster give him the edge? Do Julian Strather and Dominic Harris take huge sophomore jumps like everybody wants them and expects them to do will that give them the advantage Hunter Salas is an athletic freak who could be really one of the best individual defenders on the team and can just excel in transition does his athleticism and quickness and versatility because he could basically play the one, the two or the three does that give him the advantage all of these questions, are basically unanswered and we're going to find out here in the next six weeks or so and maybe craziness in the kennel can give us a little bit of an answer coming up in october ben greg Caden, perry they're incredibly talented big guys but do they have a chance of cracking the rotation behind drew timmy and chet holmgren and anton watson not sure and then kind of on that same mold what do you think is more likely Do you think it's more likely that Gonzaga is going to play four guards plus Chet Holmgren and kind of go small ball with Chet at the five? For example, they could play uh, Andrew Nemhard, Nolan Hickman, Hunter Salas, Julian Strother, and Chet Holmgren on the court at the same time. That would be a fascinating lineup. So do you think we see that more? Or do you think we see a three big lineup more with all of Anton Watson, Chet Holmgren, Andrew Timmy, on the court at the same time with two guards i think it's more likely that we see four guards around chet than we see all three bigs but another thing to watch is how exactly does this rotation and all of the substitutions uh, shake out as the season goes on storyline number two where does the three-point shooting come from on this roster Corey kispert's gone jalen suggs is gone Joel Ayayi is gone. Aaron Cook is gone. Andrew Nemhard is the only player on this roster to hit more than 25 threes last season. Rasheer Bolton over at Iowa State hit 22. In his career, he's hit just over about a three per game, which isn't too bad. Uh, but nobody else on this roster hit more than nine threes last year. Gonzaga obviously is incredibly, incredibly efficient inside the arc they set the record the NCA record last year for best two-point percentage in a season but they still obviously need threats on the perimeter I mean, last year is an excellent example of this they set the record for that two-point percentage but they still had um, one of the best three-point shooters in all of america and corey kispert who hit uh, close to 100 threes it was kind of the same way back in 2019 as well gonzaga was the best two-point shooting team in the country but they had Zach Norvell and a sophomore, Corey Kisper, at the time. But Zach Norvell also hit close to 100 threes that season. So all these seasons that they've essentially led college basketball on two-point percentage, they have still had a lethal threat from beyond the arc. What happens this season with their three-point shooting? Andrew Nemhard does he take a step up? Or Sheer Bolton, same question. How much does Chet Holmgren shoot from deep? He's incredibly uh, efficient shooter, obviously at the rim, but he shot... You know, 50% in the FIBA World Cup and he shot uh, over 40% when he was in high school as well. Julian Strather, Dominic Harris, Hunter Salas, all of these guys are question marks right now from beyond the arc. Nolan Hickman, same way. I think by far the biggest question mark on this team entering the season is going to be three-point shooting. I think they're going to be a phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal defensive team. They could be one of the best defensive teams in the country. They're going to be absolutely fantastic in transition, as they have been over the last, really, 20 years. Um, and I think they're going to be good in the half court getting to the rim and finishing at the rim efficiently, because that's what they've been doing since they've gone to this you know ball screen heavy offense. The question is three-point shooting. I do not know who is going to step up. Dominic Harris, I think, is probably the most likely option, um, but I don't know. Chet Holmgren could end up being the leading three-point shooter on this team. It's very, very possible, but it's certainly the one thing that I'm keeping an eye out more than anything else is if three-point shooting affects their ceiling as a team once they get into the NCAA tournament. Speaking of Chet Holmgren, final storyline to watch coming into this year how do they utilize the unicorn on offense? Gonzaga has had some unique and versatile big guys in the past. Kelly Olinick, Kyle Wilcher, Killian Tilly, all these, you know, pick and pop guys, stretch bigs. None of them have been Chet Holmgren. He is a seven foot one mismatch and he can take you off the bounce on the perimeter, he can shoot it from deep. He can drive you inside, he can post you up and shoot over the top of you, um, but he can also pass the ball better than probably any Gonzaga big man that they've had on campus in the past. Uh, And so it is going to be fascinating to see what kind of actions Gonzaga puts this kid in. I don't want to necessarily say he's going to be the focal point of the offense. I think that most stuff is going to run through Drew Timmy and Andrew Nemhard. but Chet Holmgren, um, is going to be incredibly dangerous and lethal, especially because of those two guys that I just mentioned. You know, at the start of the year, most of the attention is probably going to go to Drew Timmy. I mean, he's averaged close to 20 points a game last year, preseason national player of the year, uh, one of the best back-to-the-basket bigs in all of you know the last 10 years. I mean, his footwork and his moves inside are absolutely incredible. So with attention going to him, Chet Holmgren is going to get more open looks. And once Chet Holmgren gets hot, then the attention goes to him, and then they, you know, high-low game. Drew Timmy gets more looks. It's it's going to be really, really hard to stop a three-man game of Andrew Nemhard, Chet Holmgren, and Drew Timmy when all three guys are on the court together. So I'm really interested to see what kind of actions and what kind of new stuff. I mean, they're tinkering with stuff every single year. If you listen to people talk about Stephen Gentry, they talk about him in a similar way. As Tommy Lloyd, where the, the two of those guys are just, they love to tinker with things and find new ways to score and find new actions to get um, their their best players uh, utilized in. And so uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how they use Chet Holmgren. They can use him in, in horns actions. They can use him in mid-post isolations. They can post him up. Uh, Just one-on-one, lots of pick and pops. I mean, there's so many different things you can do with a guy with his skill set. And it's going to be so fun to watch. And I'm very glad that he is in Spokane and we get to witness uh, what he's going to bring to the table. And I'm also very happy that, theoretically, there will be fans in the stands that can watch him. Because Jalen Suggs, unfortunately, missed out on that. And so it's going to be awesome that fans can see Chet Holmgren in person and and give him the love that he deserves. Okay, that's it. That's all I got for the 2021-2022 Gonzaga Bulldogs. Obviously, there's still so much to talk about, but I think those are the three biggest storylines entering the season. That is going to do it for today's show. Like I mentioned earlier, no program tomorrow. We are taking a nice three-day weekend. On Monday, we have a huge announcement that will impact the future of the show. So come back on Monday to find out what that is. Before we go today, if you are a baseball fan, betting on the MLB does not have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter, at It's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Zags. If you want to email the show, feel free. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody, enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.